Welcome to Retire Simply, a show designed to take the fear out of retirement unknown and replace it with joy, freedom, and confidence. Your hosts are Scott and Angela Winstead, a husband and wife duo who share their industry knowledge in a fun and casual way to help steer you in the direction of your retirement goals and dreams. Having worked with hundreds of families in the area over the last decade, they've learned some common themes that are standing in the way of people having the retirement they imagine. Join them as they give you tips and tools to navigate the world of retirement, to make it uncomplicated and simple. This is Retire Simply. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Retire Simply podcast. I'm Scott Winstead. And I'm Angela. And we're with Compass Retirement and bringing you another episode this week on our life insurance discussion. Yep, we're going to talk about the different types and what they mean. That's right. I usually call this a life insurance 101. 101. That's right. So it's it's the basic things you need to know about life insurance. Last week we mentioned and talked about how you know, most folks think they don't need life insurance because they're retired or getting ready to retire. The kids are growing up, they're through college, uh, the house is paid off, and what do I need life insurance for? Yeah, at this stage in the game, what's the need? That's right. So we talked last last week about um, some things you can use life insurance for and why it makes sense to at least have this tool in your toolbox, not necessarily for protection, but for other things like tax-free savings, uh, retirement tax-free income, also uh, being able to have the accelerated death benefit, which allows you to have tax-free money for uh, care. Long-term care. That's yeah. right. So what we wanted to do is now that you are just thoroughly convinced that you need life insurance <laughs> in retirement, we wanted to then talk to you a little bit about, you know, well, if that's the case, then what type do I get? Mm-hmm. Because most people only know about, I, I think I find most people only know like two kinds of insurance, right? I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yep. And so there's actually a lot of different types of insurance um, and they're broken down into two main categories. Mm-hmm. So what's the first category, Angela? The first category that I think everyone is... Uh, most used to um, is term insurance, That's right? right? That's the first one that people learn about. Do you want me to go into detail? Of course, okay, yeah. Great, great. So the thing about term insurance is just like the name suggests, it's for a certain term of time or a certain amount of time. Typically we see those between 10 and 30 year terms. You get to pick that when you uh, decide on your insurance. Lots of times we see people uh, getting term insurance when they're younger. Uh, The premiums tend to be uh, quite affordable uh, for term insurance. And they're really looking for coverage if they're the primary breadwinner, if they pass away and they need to be able to pay for the house um, and the kids' college and things like that. But term insurance lasts for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And I think, you know, the way to think about term insurance is it's really there for just protection, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you you basically, you know, as an example, obviously the price is determined and the cost is determined by your age and your health. Mm-hmm. So we're just speaking in generalities. But for example, this is a type of insurance that you can go get uh, for 20 years 
$500,000 of insurance and you pay 30 bucks a month. Right. Well, how in the world can an insurance company do that? Well, it's just like your car insurance or just like your homeowner's insurance. It's strictly just an expense, right? Think about your homeowner's insurance. You pay all this money toward it. If, if your house never floods or burns down, what do you get for it? Nothing. Nothing. Think about your car insurance. You pay all this money every month for it. If you never get in a fender bender or a wreck, what, what happened to all that money? It's gone. Same thing with this insurance. Mm -hmm. You got life insurance. You pay this money toward it. If you don't die within that 10, 20, 30 year time frame, typically what happens to all that money? It's gone. It's gone. And yep. then what happens is you get this nasty letter from the insurance company that mm -hmm. says, hey, if you want to keep this insurance, you don't owe us 30 bucks a month anymore. Now you owe us $1,000 a month. So they basically price you out of it. So term insurance is there specifically for a need. You've got young kids, you've got a mortgage, you know, all of that. It's, it's necessary, but typically that's not the type of insurance that folks need as they're either gearing up for retirement or going into retirement. So the first category of life insurance would be term insurance. We're not going to spend any more time on that. What's the second type? Permanent life insurance. Permanent life insurance. That never goes away as long as you keep paying your premiums. I'll let you elaborate on that. Yeah. So permanent life insurance is with you, as Angela said, forever, right? Um, you don't always have to just keep paying your premiums, but you generally do. Okay. It can be set up a lot of different ways, but it's there to not necessarily just cover an expense, but it's also there to be an asset yes. because one of the main characteristics of permanent life insurance is that there's a bucket of money inside of it and it's That's called, called the cash value bucket cash value bucket think of the cash value bucket when set up correctly like a roth ira so it's money inside of your life insurance policy that earns interest in some form or fashion that interest is typically tax-free you have access to that bucket of money while you're alive, mm -hmm. typically tax-free. Plus you have what we call the death benefit being the amount of tax-free insurance. Okay. So permanent insurance has a cash value component where term insurance does not. So it's more of what we call an asset to your retirement, not just there to cover an expense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now there's different types of permanent life insurance and really for general purposes of, of this episode, the main difference between the different types of permanent life insurance is the way your cash bucket grows, the way you earn interest in that bucket. And there's very conservative types, and then there's what we would call more aggressive types. Typically, when we talk to folks about life insurance, that's not the bucket of money that they're trying to get aggressive with. Right. Right. Absolutely. We want to get aggressive, maybe in our investment account or our brokerage account or something like that. We don't really like to get too aggressive with our life insurance. So as retirement planners and folks that help uh, people plan for this stage of life, we're typically leaning more toward the conservative side of the ledger. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why don't we just start talking about the different types? There's really four main types. Now, listen, you know how the financial industry is. You know, we love fancy names. We love marketing. So there's offshoots of these four types, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in general, there's four types. So we'll start with the most conservative and that would be whole life. Mm -hmm. 
Steady right. Eddie workhorse. Steady Eddie old life. This is yeah. the type of life insurance your grandparents got um, that they had forever. Um, this has been around for hundreds of years. It's tried and true. There is absolutely nothing sexy about this insurance. It's beautifully boring. It is the tortoise, not the hare. Mm -hmm. But within a certain degree of, of, well, I guess certainty, right? We know what it's going to do. Okay, mm -hmm. so the way that your cash bucket grows inside of a whole life policy is that the insurance company pays us a dividend. Now that dividend typically has nothing to do with the stock market. It's really a return of the excess premium that you've paid. And because that life insurance company managed their finances and books well, they're able to give money back to the, the policyholders. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dividends are not guaranteed, just like they're not on your investments. But when you do earn a dividend inside of a life insurance policy, it's typically tax-free. So whole life policies earns dividends, okay? The next type of life insurance permanent that you probably have heard of is something called universal life, okay? Universal life insurance is typically tied to interest rates and the interest rate environment and it's where the insurance company comes out and they declare a preset interest rate. Now that can fluctuate. Um, some policies can have it guaranteed, right? But they may come out and say, hey, you can earn 2%. You can earn 1.5%. But it's typically tied to interest rates. Right now, um, kind of given where the interest rate environment is, uh, that guarantee seems to be a little bit lower than what mm -hmm. we find as the equivalent to maybe a whole life policy or something like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. universal life would be tied to interest rates. So you've got whole life, insurance company pays a dividend, universal life tied to interest rates. Third type of life insurance permanent, the way your cash bucket grows is something called indexed universal life. Okay. Now what's indexed mean? Index, indexing, you might have heard this uh, in terms of an annuity, right? But indexing is basically a financial concept. And here's what the concept says. It says, hey, Angela, if you're an investor, um, are you willing to give up some of your return if the market goes up? And the trade-off being, if you give up some of your return, if the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Typically, I think that would be a great idea. Sounds like a good idea, yeah. right? And you can do that with annuities, but you can also do that with life insurance. Mm -hmm. So there's indexed universal life. So what does that mean? It means, well, I might say, hey, my um, uh, cash bucket, the interest is tied to, let's say, the S&P 500. And when I put my money in the cash bucket, let's say that's on um, February 1st. What the life insurance company does is they look at where the S&P 500 was on February 1st. And then they're going to look at where it is on February 1st of the following year. And they're going to probably give me some sort of cap, they might call it. Let's say my cap is 10%. So what that really says is, okay, hey, between February 1st of this year and February 1st of next year, if the S&P 500 went up anywhere between 0 and 10%, I get credited that to my policy. All of that, mm -hmm. right? So if it, if it went up 8%, I get the 8. If it went up 10, I get the 10. If it went up 2, I get the 2. 
However, if the S&P 500 lost any money between February 1st of this year and February 1st of the following year, I'm flat. I'm protected. I don't lose anything. I get a zero. And sometimes in retirement, we say zero's the hero, right? Because it's not about the money you make in retirement. It's about what? The money you keep. The money you keep. That's right. Now, if the market, let's say from February 1st of this year to February 1st of the following year, went up 15%, what's my cap? Oh, our cap is 10%. It's 10. So yeah. I give up five. The yep. most I can make is 10. Yep. So we have all probably heard the saying that pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered, right? And so in this case, we want to be a pig where we get fat and happy, but we don't want to be a hog and try to make everything. And then when the market loses 30%, you lose 30%. So indexed universal life is a way to get a little bit more of earnings in a good market year than probably you could expect from a universal life or a whole life policy. However, in a bad market year, you get a zero where the whole life policy and the universal life policy are probably giving you still some interest. Yeah. So there's yeah, always a trade-off there, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to balance the type of insurance that you need and want within the full scope of your overall plan, not as a one-off uh, tool. Yes, so important. In retirement, everything has to be synchronized. Absolutely. Which then leads us in probably, I would guess, the more most aggressive type of life insurance. That would be something called variable universal life. And it does exactly what the name says. It's variable. Inside of that type of policy, you actually have, um, they're like mutual funds. They're now called they're sub accounts. That's right, called sub accounts. Yep. But think of them kind of like a mutual fund. They're investments. Mm -hmm. And if those investments go up 30% in a year, your cash value can go up 30% in a year. However, if those investments go down 20% in a year, your cash value can go down 20% a year. Typically, this is good for younger folks, have a little bit longer time horizon. They can withstand some of that ups and downs yeah. in their life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Typically, we don't see this for folks kind of nearing retirement or in retirement. All right. Now, those are really the four types of, of categories of life insurance that are out there. There's, a, again, different nuances, fancy marketing. There might be bells and whistles you can attach onto these. So. Yep, and these are the categories of the permanent life insurance. Term is completely different. That's right. Yeah. And, and so we typically look at permanent life insurance for folks a little bit more on the conservative side of things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, when, when folks sometimes look at this, they say, well, how do I know what life insurance company I should use? Right. Um, because the promises that these companies are making me, these guarantees that they're making me are really only as good as the company backing them. And I heard about back in 2008, AIG, and I heard about these insurance companies, some of them, you know, going out of business. And that's true. So we really have to be selective in who we use. So Angela and I like to make sure that because we're independent, we can go look at any carrier that we want to help mm -hmm. our folks. Mm -hmm. And so we like the insurance carrier to typically meet four criteria. Okay. So the first is we want that life insurance company to at least be in business for a hundred years or longer. Now think about that for a second. Think about all the major catastrophe things that have happened over the last hundred years. That would be what, 1920? Yeah. Okay. So we've had a world war, right? 
We've had a Great Depression, right? We've had multiple other wars. Mm-hmm. We've had high inflation, low inflation, stock market crashes, Huge. 2008, yep. pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Bank bailouts. And that company made it through all of that. They're still in business. Okay. So that's just criteria one. Yep. 100 years. Secondly, there's rating agencies out there and they, they rate the health of these companies. We typically like to look for a highly rated B company or A company. Mm-hmm. So a B plus uh, plus, an A minus, an A plus plus. All right. But somewhere in that high B to A rating range tells us, hey, you've been in business 100 years. You've got a good, stable rating. Yeah. You're financially sound. Good books. Right. The third thing is, is if we're looking at whole life, for instance, and we're looking at dividends, right? The insurance company mm-hmm. actually paying a dividend. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that they've paid a dividend every single year over the last hundred years. They've never missed a right, payment. Right. And so we know that dividends aren't guaranteed, but we like a hundred year track record. Of course. Think yeah. about that. Like if dividends are not guaranteed and 2008 happened or the Great Depression happened and the company came out and said, hey, regardless of what's happened in the world, here's your dividend. We feel pretty good about that. Yes, we do. So that would be the third criteria. So now we've got a A-rated company, been in business 100 years, paid a dividend for 100 years. The fourth thing we look at is, are they what we like to call a mutual company? Mm-hmm. Okay. Important. This is really important. And so you guys have heard you know, about mutual companies. It's names like Mutual Trust and Penn Mutual and Mass Mutual and Northwestern Mutual, right? These There's companies. There's lots of mutuals. Yeah. But what is a mutual company? Here's really what a mutual company is. It's not publicly traded on Wall Street. Pacific Life, you know, the big whale that comes out of the water, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're watching college football, okay? Mutual company. The point is a mutual company, when they generate a dividend, they give the dividend back to the policyholder. Where if you're a company and you're traded on Wall Street and you generate a dividend, who do you think they give the dividend to? The shareholder. So listen, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you have a question, now's your chance. You could scroll down under the episode and you'll see this week's offer. It's really a link to my calendar for a 15-minute introductory call. Click on schedule your call and it'll take you right to my calendar. I look forward to chatting with you soon. So wouldn't it make sense to partner with a company that rewards you for having your life insurance policy with them when they do well? rather than giving it, giving it back to maybe folks on Wall Street that just own a share of that stock, but don't really do business with them. So those are the four things we look at before we even introduce life insurance to anyone. So right there, you could imagine out of the 60 plus companies we have available to look at, that whittles it down to probably seven or eight just to start. Then what we're doing is we're allowing the health and the age of the person we're trying to get insured to really dictate the company we're looking at. Because Mm -hmm. not every insurance carrier looks at health ailments the same way. Yes, that's so true. They they look at it very differently. And they also don't look at men and women the same Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing is, at least for us, being independent, we're not stuck with, oh, we have to use this one company and here's what you've got. It's more about, hey... 
these six or seven companies check off the boxes. Let's take a look at all of them and see which is best for you, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, right? Yeah, who's going to give us the greatest offer? That's right. Um, and so that's the way that we start to then evaluate the insurance carriers. Because remember, the promises they make um, are only as good as uh, the company that stands behind it. So. so overall, Life Insurance 101 Quick recap, you've got term insurance, no cash value. It's there for a specific need. It's typically viewed as an expense to your bottom line. You've got permanent insurance that's typically viewed as an asset. It's with you forever. It grows tax-free cash value. Then the four types, main difference being how do or how does your cash value grow with inside of these four policies? Very well said. Yep. So next time, what we're going to be talking a little bit about is how do you then use the life insurance within the scope of your overall plan? And how can it be added on as an integral part of all the other good planning that you're doing in regards to your income planning, your tax planning, your health care and long-term care planning, and probably, you know, just as important, your estate plan. Yeah. Right? So we're going to just talk about a little bit of integration next time. In the meantime, if you have any questions, we're always here to answer them for you. We love hearing from you. We've gotten such a tremendous response uh, from the podcast. Yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah, it's been great. So keep the questions coming. Feel free to give us our uh, office a call if you need anything. That number is 817-328-6152. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This has been another week of Retire Simply. Thanks for listening. And remember, anyone can save money and just as easily anyone can run out of money. But it takes skill and a plan to take what you've saved and not run out. If you want to listen to more episodes or learn more about Compass Retirement, go to RetireSimplyPodcast.com. That's RetireSimplyPodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page to set up your 15-minute call to get your plan started right now. Tune in next week as we talk about how to use life insurance in the scope of your overall retirement plan. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Compass Retirement, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Compass Retirement, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Compass Retirement, Inc. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Life insurance policies are contracts between your client and an insurance company. Life insurance product guarantees rely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurer. Life insurance policies are not FDIC insured.